0: Part 8 of Eros and Psyche by Robert Bridges This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Nathan at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com Eros and Psyche by Robert Bridges Part 8 October heavy meanwhile at heart with bruised feet was psyche wandering many nights and days upon the paths of hundred-city Crete, and chose to step the most deserted ways being least unhappy when she went unseen since else her secret sorrow had no screen from the plain question of men's idle gaze yet wheresoever she went one hope she had like mortal mourners who gainst reason strong hope to be unexpectedly made glad with sight of their dead friends, so much they long, so she for him, whom loss a thousandfold endeared and made her desired, nor could she hold, he would not turn and quite forgive her wrong. Wherefore her eager eyes in every place looked for her lover, and twixt hope and fear she followed oft afar some form of grace in pain alike to lose or venture near, and still this thought cheered her fatigue that he Or on some hill, or by some brook or tree, But waited for her coming to appear. And then for comfort many an old love-crossed And doleful ditty would she gently sing, Writ by sad poets of a lover lost, Now sounding sweeter for her sorrowing. Echo, sweet echo, watching up on high, Say, hast thou seen to-day my love go by, Or where thou sittest by thy mossy spring? Or say, ye nymphs, that from the crystal rills when ye have bathed your limbs from morn till eve flying at midnight to the bare-topped hills beneath the stars your mazy dances weave say my deserter whom ye well may know by his small wings his quiver and his bow say have ye seen my love whose loss i grieve till climbed one evening on a rocky steep above the plain of kisamos that lay robbed of its golden harvest in the deep mountainous shadows of the dying day she saw a temple whose tall columns fair recalled her home and oh if thou be there my love she cried fly not again away swiftly she ran and entering by the door she stood alone within an empty fane of great demeter and behold the floor was littered with thank offerings of grain with wheat and barley sheaves together heaped in holy harvest home of them that reaped the goddess plenteous gifts upon the plain and on the tithe the tackle of the tithe thrown by in such confusion as are laid upon the swath sickle and hook and scythe when midday drives the reapers to the shade and psyche since had come no priestess there, to trim the temple in her pious care, forget herself, and lent her duteous aid. She drew the offerings from the midst aside, and piled the sheaves at every pillar's base, and sweeping there between a passage wide, made clear of corn and chaff the temple space, as countrymen who bring their wheat to mart set out their show along the walls apart by their allotted stations each in place thus she and felt no weariness such strength hath duty to support our feeble frame till all was set in order and at length up to the threshold of the shrine she came when lo before her face with friendly smile tall as a pillar of the peristyle the goddess stood revealed and called her name unhappy psyche said she knowest thou not how aphrodite to thy hurt is sworn and thou thy peril and her wrath forgot spendest thy thought my temple to adorn take better heed and psyche at the voice even of so little comfort can rejoice and at her feet poured out this prayer forlorn o gracious giver of the golden grain hide me i pray thee from her wrath unkind for who can pity as canst thou my pain who wert thyself a wanderer vexed in mind the loss of thy dear Corae once, whenas, ravished to hell by fierce Agalisas Thou soughtest her on earth, and couldst not find. How could thy feet bear thee to western night, And where swart Libyans watched the sacred tree, And thrice to ford over Acellus bright, And all the streams of bounteous Sicily, And thrice to Enna camest thou, thrice, they tell, Satest athirst by Calichorus swell, Nor tookest of the spring to comfort thee by that remembered anguish of thine heart lady have pity even on me and show where i may find my love and take my part for peace i pray against my cruel foe or if thou canst not from her anger shield here let me lie among the sheaves concealed such time till forth i may in safety go demeter answered Nay though thou constrain my favour with thy plea my help must still be hidden else i work for thee in vain to thwart my mighty sister in her will thou must fly hence yet though i not oppose less will i aid her and if now i close my temple doors to thee take it not ill then psyche's hope founded as when a ship the morrow of the gale can hardly ride the swollen seas fetching a deeper dip at every wave And through her gaping side and over her shattered bulwark ever drinks, till plunging in the watery wild she sinks to scoop her grave beneath the crushing tide. So with each word her broken spirit drank its doom, and overwhelmed with deep despair she turned away, and coming forth she sank, silently weeping on the temple stair. In midmost night, for spent with long turmoil, but sleep, the gracious perservant of toil, came swiftly down and nursed away her care and when the sun awaked her with his beams she found new hope that still her sorrow's cure lay with the gods who in her morning dreams had sent her comfort in a vision sure wherein the cretan born mightiest god cloud gathering zeus himself had seemed to nod and bid her with good heart her woes endure so coming that same day unto a shrine of hera she took courage and went in and like to one that to the cell divine for favour ventures or a suit to win she drew anigh the altar from her face wiping the tears ere to the heavenly grace as thus she prayed she would her prayer begin most honoured lady who from ancient doom wert made heaven's wife and art on earth besought, with gracious happiness of all, to whom thy holy wedlock hath my burden brought, save me from Aphrodite's fell pursuit, and guard unto the birth love's hapless fruit, which she for cruel spite would bring to naught. As once from her thou wert not shamed to take her beauty's own thy beauty to enhance, For which again Zeus loved thee To forsake his warlike ire in faithful dalliance. Show me what means may win my love to me, Or how that I may come, if so may be, Within the favour of his countenance. If there be any place for tears or prayer, If there be need for succour in distress, Now is the very hour of all despair, Here is the heart of grief and bitterness. Motherly pity, bend thy face And grant one beam of ruth to thy poor suppliant, nor turn me from thy altar, comfortless. Even as she prayed, a cloud spread through the cell, and mid the wreathings of the vapour dim, the goddess grew in glory visible, like some barbaric queen in festal trim. Such the attire and ornaments she wore, when over the forged threshold of the floor of Zeus's house, she stepped to visit him. From either ear ringed to its pierced lobe a triple jewel hanged, golden chaste and over her breasts her wide ambrosial robe with many a shining golden clasp was braced the flowering on its smooth embroidered lawn gathered to colour where the zone was drawn in fringe of golden tassels at her waist her curling hair with plaited braid and braille pendant or looped about her head divine lay hidden half beneath a golden veil bright as the rippling ocean in sunshine and on the ground flashing whenever she stepped beneath her feet the dazzling lightnings leapt from the gold network of her sandals fine thus Hera stood in royal guise bedecked before poor Psyche on the stair that knelt whose new nursed hope at that display was checked and all her happier thoughts gan fade and melt she saw no kindness in such haughty mien and venturing not to look upon the queen Thou down in woe to hear her sentence dealt. And thus the goddess spake, In vain thou suest, most miserable psyche, Though my heart be full of hate for her, Whose hate thou ruest, And pride and pity move me to thy part, Yet not till Zeus make known his will could I, Least of the blameless gods that dwell on high, Assist thee wert thou worthier than thou art. But know if Eros loved thee, that thy hopes should rest on him, and I would bid thee go, where in his mother's house apart he mopes, grieving for loss of thee in secret woe. For should he take thee back, there is no power. In earth or heaven will hurt thee from that hour. Nay, not if Zeus himself should prove thy foe. Thus saying, she was gone, and Psyche now, Surprised by comfort, rose and went her way, Resolved in heart, and only wondering how, T'was possible to come where Eros lay, Since that her feet, however she might roam, Could never travel to the heavenly home Of love beyond the bounds of mortal day. Yet she must come to him, and now t'was proved How that to lovers, as is told in song, Seeking the way no place is far removed, Nor is there any obstacle so strong nor bar so fixed that it can hinder them, and how to reach heaven's gate by stratagem, vexed not the venturous heart of Psyche long. To face her enemy might well avail, wherefore to Cyprus' shrine her steps she bent, hoping the goddess in her hate might hail her body to the skies for punishment, whatever to be, yet now her fiercest wrath seemed happiest fortune, seeing twas the path whereby alone unto her love She went. End of part eight, recorded by Nathan at antipodeanwriter.wordpress.com